We're all living in a world gone geek. It's time to geek hard or go home. The website is fake, but the podcast is real. Here's your host, Grounded Geek. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We took a little hiatus. Life and work caught up with us, but we are back. And this is episode 11 of the podcast is real. I, for one, am glad to be back. And, of course, glad to welcome back my co-hosts, good old Utah, and, of course, the amazing Aliyah. How are you guys doing this week? Hi, Adis. No, there's no Adis here. Hi, greetings, fellow programs. Glad to be back. I didn't even know how I didn't, had no idea how to like respond to that. It was just <laughs> dead silent. We're like, what just happened? But that's all right. Hi, Adis. Yes. How, how Hi, was guys. your how was your hiatus, Aliyah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was great. I'm missing the podcast is real, but uh, it was good. Yeah. Catching up on some work. Awesome. That wasn't fun. Well, let's be honest. The the only reason that we came back and the only reason anybody tuned in to this 11th episode was to find out what, ha- what happened with Rosie the bunny, which we t- talked about last time, uh, last couple times, I think. And even on game night, like we talked about this bunny and it potentially faking the pregnancy. Do we have baby bunnies yet or not? I, if I, I should break breaking news, breaking news. Are there bunnies or not? I should have a sound effect for this. And I don't. I'm right. sorry. Dun, 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 I'm, I'm moving, I don't know what I'm doing with my hands, but I'm, th- I think this is Nobody making the sound. Nobody can hear you. I know. But somehow there's breaking news. Aaliyah, baby bunnies? No, Rosie is a liar. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. So she has been faking a pregnancy. Yeah, she's been faking it. But in my defense, when I first got her, my mother was like, Oh, she's shedding a lot. That means apparently that's a sign of her having babies. Listen, I didn't know that this was a thing, you know, and I was like, okay, well, let's just. Has she been to the vet? No, I haven't taken her to the vet because you know why? What if they tell me that I'm a horrible mother? <laughs> My bunny is malnourished. <laughs> and well, when you when you got you rescued it right from like a flea market where it was in a poor right, condition. You rescued it from like a that. flea market. So that's not your yes. fault. No, it's yeah. not. But I've had her now for three months, maybe. And if something is wrong with her, then that is my fault. And I'm not, I don't. I'm a good mother. <laughs> but she's good. She's in good health. She's just yeah. She's just she's she, just faking it. She is faking her pregnancy. Biologically uh, doing things that might make it look like she's pregnant, but she's not actually. No, I mean, she was gathering her hay and it looked like it for a while. You know, she was very particular about her little spaces. Um, She was, she always had hay in her mouth. You know, some of the signs that I read online. Maybe um, that's just OCD. (laughs) Bunny OCD. Um, (laughs) B-O-C-D. Um. I don't know, but just in case, watch her have babies and me not even be prepared. Yeah, we should just we should just change the the topic of this podcast to to rabbits, I think, and just make a a, a rabbit pod. The podcast is rabbits. Should, Let's the, do that. The rabbits are real. Yeah, are uh, they? Somebody, uh, but the pregnancy is not. <laughs> but the pregnancy, pregnancy is, not. is not. But the podcast is real. That's uh, that's there our new go. slogan. There we go. All right. Utah, last we talked, you had a new kitty. Is the kitty settling in nicely over there? Oh, yes. Our corn kitty, Orpheus, is doing great. In fact, I just uh, took him to the vet for his first appointment today. And so he got a couple of vaccinations. Not and, pregnant. Uh, clean. Not pregnant. Not even faking it. 
Um, <laughs> Making me feel like a bad mom for not taking my bunny to the vet. <laughs> but um, he, he has a clean bill of health, so uh, everything's good. He's now has free roam of the house. At first, we had limited him to one room because that's what you're supposed to do when you introduce new cats to other cats. Um, but now he's got free reign of the house, and um, he's a, a little bundle of energy and likes to attack feet. So, uh, All right. you know, the, the kids seem to like it. <laughs> That's great. Well, we got a fun show today. We're going to get deep down and dirty with a recap of the gritty and grimy season two of The Boys. But before that, we've got to check in on what's happening in pop culture news. That's right. This week in Geek. Yep, it's that time on the show when we pour through the pulp and pick out the prime pop culture points of interest and share them with you. Number one. So recently, uh, those of you who were doing uh, DC Universe, who had subscribed to that when it first came out, um, I did take the free trial and I took advantage of that and watched some things, uh, read a few comics, things like that. Well, it turns out that service is not long for this world. Apparently, they have officially decided to end it. Uh, we kind of saw the writing on the wall, right? I mean, they they announced Swamp Thing, released it, and literally the day they released it, announced that they canceled it, which was amazing to me. But I, I had it at the time, and I watched Swamp Thing, enjoyed the show. I watched Titans. I watched some of the others that were on there at the time. And yeah, it was just okay, right? I mean, some of the shows were, were fun. I did like Swamp Thing, but it was just kind of like... Who wants this? Like, I am not enough of a DC fan, so I'm not saying nobody wants it because I know there are people. I'm admittedly a Marvel fan. Like, I'm hands down. Everybody knows this. So there may be DC fans who are absolutely in love with this product. But I think deep down, everybody kind of knew that this was a bad idea and that DC needed to team up with somebody. Well, now it's official. HBO Max is the new home of the DC Universe shows. They're moving Titans. They are moving... Stargirl, they're they're going to be moving all of those shows. Swamp Thing, they actually moved to CW, and it's doing great there. People are loving it. So I don't know if this is going to bring Swamp Thing new life, if it's going to get a season two now that yeah, they realize they canceled it. Well, I think they canceled it because they knew that DC Universe was not long for this world. That's what, I think that was what was happening. I think they thought, you know what, this isn't going to last. So we need to just let it, people know this may be the last time you can watch this. Watch it now. And then they put it on CW. It's doing great. People want to see it now. So maybe there will be a season two coming to CW. That would be fantastic. And then, it, you know, maybe it can cross over with all the other shows like they've been doing on there. It can be part of the CW-verse. Uh, who knows? It could be fun. Um, but HBO Max has announced the actual days. So it looks like starting on December 1st, Titans, uh, Young Justice, and no, I'm sorry, November 1st, Titans, Young Justice, Outsiders are going to be coming to HBO Max. Now, those are the the original runs of those. So we've got two seasons of Titans. can't remember how many Young Justice seasons there were, but those, those will be on HBO Max on November 1st. Stargo will be there on uh, December 1st. So then you will, any new episodes of those shows, which are approved. So Titans is getting a season three for sure. That is happening. But with COVID testing and all this stuff going on, who knows when those will actually begin production. But HBO Max will be there at home. What do you guys think? I think it's smart. I think I think you're right. I mean, it, it. I felt like the writing was already on the wall, with DC Universe being a video demand service that it wasn't going to last. That just I, I just felt like they didn't have the content um, to start up. 
so I'm glad to see that some of these shows, which are actually pretty good, have a home that's very stable and that's going to be around. I don't think HBO Max is going anywhere. Um, and really, I'll be honest, I'm most excited about the fact that Swamp Thing has found uh, a broader fan base and is succeeding on the CW. And like you said, I hope that dovetails into, hey, you know what? This was actually a really good show. We should probably do more than just one season and perhaps not cancel it before it actually <laughs> shows the first episode. Because <laughs> um, it's a great show. That was actually, I think, the only reason I even tried a free trial of DC Universe. Um, and the others were just kind of like icing on the cake. So, um, And DC Universe is now what? It's just like Marvel Unlimited where it's just digital comics? Yes. So they lowered the price and it's all comics. And what's funny is they're calling it, now it's called DC Universe Infinite. Oh, so come they, on. So they took something away, but now it's infinite. <laughs> right. Well, you know. So it, it, there's less, but, but more it's more. Of it. Right. <laughs> Right, right. And they couldn't call it unlimited because then that would just be too close to what Marvel right. did. <laughs> well, it's clear that's what they're doing. It's it's so it's so obvious that it's yes. basically Marvel Unlimited. But there but then, you know, the 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 difference is Marvel didn't start with like every, uh, all this other service. stuff. It was always right. comics, right? Um they started with more and now they're giving us less and calling that infinite, which so I can make fun of DC, sorry. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. That was a it was a weird way to go about it. Um, I was never a fan from the start. But no, HBO Max is not going anywhere, and we're going to talk about streaming services on our next show. So tune in next time because we're going to be all the streaming services going head-to-head in a SmackDown right here. Oh, it's going to be awful. Be here. Be here for that. Number two. Uh, you know, Showtime has been out for blood, looking for another hit show, and it's been murder trying to come up with something. <laughs> and so they finally figured it out and saw the forest through the trees. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. And have announced that they're bringing back our favorite blood spatter expert, both at investigating and creating the blood splatter, Dexter. <laughs> He's back for another 10, for a 10 episode miniseries. Both Michael C. Hall and the original showrunner, Clyde Phillips, are back in their they're reprising their roles. Uh, and this picks up after the finale. So that means we get to find out what Dexter the Lumberjack has been doing all this time. Uh, production starts early next year. They want to have a fall 2021 premiere. Of course, things are all up in the air and very fluid now with the uh, pandemic. So we'll see. But I, for one, am excited because I was sorely disappointed with the finale and I didn't feel that Dexter becoming a lumberjack was was a fitting end but this could fix that all so is this something people are interested in I don't know what do you guys think well yeah you know you didn't watch you said you didn't watch Dexter right we just spoiled kind of the last episode for you oh I did didn't I but that's fine I mean it's or did okay. I you've had enough time to watch <laughs> see this is why uh, you know we're about the statute, the statute. Yeah. There's a, some sort of statute, right? I mean, it's been out for long enough that if you'd wanted to see it, you should have watched it by now. Why? I'm weird because sometimes I feel like I'm jumping on a bandwagon and I can't tell if it's like a bandwagon that I should jump on or right. if it's something that I should just. And and what's, what's worse is sometimes <laughs> these bandwagons are, are for shows and you're like, Oh, everybody's loving this and you jump on it and then it gets canceled. And then you, then, then there's nothing. And you're like, I just invested my time in a show that went nowhere. 
How many times does that happen? Yeah, but then when you invest your time into a show like that, you you take on this whole character persona and or you start to love this character that you have developed a completely not non-realistic relationship with. <laughs> sure. I, I admit, I did look into uh, blood spatter forensic courses after I started <laughs> watching the show. You see? Yeah. It was, you know what, and it's one of those shows that um, it started getting worse as it as it went on, like towards the last couple seasons. Yes, fans had a lot of stuff they weren't really big, you know, happy about. Um, I didn't hate the ending. I mean, I know everybody's like, you know, he should have gotten caught, or he shouldn't, have, he should have died, or he should have. You know, like, there's just they wanted some sort of big dramatic thing, and, and instead he just kind of disappears into the woods and and you know. But but again, it left them left it open for them to do this. I was going to say, and yeah. uh, you know, but for me, for one, I for one loved the show. I thought I actually read the books before the show came out, and uh, ah. not all of them because some of them came out after the show came out. And it's one of those those situations where, you know, I, I I'm I'm one of those people that's like, if you're going to adapt something, either make it better or make it accurate. So either give me an accurate portrayal of what I read or take what I read and make it better. But if you're just going to kind of throw everything out the window and do your own thing, that just drives me crazy. Right? So Dexter was definitely one of those situations where they actually made it better. Like the show is infinitely better than the books. Now this isn't a knock necessarily on the books. The books are still interesting, but the show found ways to connect characters that the book just didn't capitalize on and stretch those development out over several seasons and that was great what i loved about it so yeah do i want to see more I, I would i would definitely watch more seasons of dexter if they came out and yeah it does give them a chance to to make up for an ending that people were disappointed in <laughs> would you it's, recommend it's true it? hmm? would you recommend it yeah i have it so would you recommend it I yeah yeah rec- it's a good uh, show at the very least i think i feel like the first few it's seasons dark. were better yeah, it is dark. But I mean, but we're talking about course, the boys tonight, <laughs> right? So, and you just yeah. finished that season, season two. So, if if if, yeah. if you it's enjoyed the boys, <laughs> it's, yeah, then I think I'm, Dexter will be okay. I'm kidding. It's it's still dark. It's not. I I wouldn't say it's not that dark. It's a different kind of dark. Like, um, but yeah, uh, I thought it was fascinating. It's just the character, the, the character study of that that show managed to pull off over you know. And again, like I said, the first three or four seasons, and then it starts to. It's not as good, but yeah, it was fascinating. Yeah, I think the last good season, in my opinion, was the one with John Lithgow. Yeah, that one was kind of crazy. Yeah. that's and... That was when it started to kind of go off the rails a little bit, I think. Yep. Number three. All right, we have talked about this on almost every show, but I can't help it. I mean, it's at the top of mind kind of right now, and it's top of the news in pop culture. So many of us are stuck at home right now, and this show is about pop culture and one of the most prolific things that Utah in particular and I know and talk about are movies. Like we go to the movies, I watch movies, I see movies all the time. I love to the whole theater experience. And since April, May, whenever we stopped being able, I can't even remember the last time I saw what was the last movie that you saw in the theater? Oh Can you gosh. remember? Well, well, I know Aaliyah just went when they opened back up, but oh, that's right. before you, that, so before you saw that, was New Mutants, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think what was I can't the last even remember. 
I'm not, was it I don't last even, year, like Christmas time? Like, I think I think the last movie I saw would have been yeah, like November, December. And I honestly, yeah, I'm honestly blanking. I am gonna have to go back and look at releases to see if I saw a movie <laughs> this year because I may not have seen a movie in the theater this year because it was only three months in when things started going crazy. Yeah, but the the problem is that now that we can't go to the movies, the movie theaters are suffering. Like those uh, we talked about early on when all this was happening, when we first started this podcast, we, we discussed how the movie theaters were going to be able to operate going forward. Were drive-ins going to come back and they kind of have, were we um, going to be, you know, only, you know, certain amount of people are going to be in theaters for this year. But when we had those conversations and if you go back to like episode one and two and Three, I mean, I think that's all we talked about for the most part was when can we get back to the theaters? What will we do? And I think uh, it's so funny to think about, like we were literally talking at that time, like it was going to happen at some point this year. I mean, we really believe, you know, oh, this is going to be a couple of months and we'll be back in the theaters, but what will it be like? Will we do this? Will they still sell popcorn? Will it? No, we're not in the theaters yet. Like some states, uh, so about 48 states, have opened up in some sort of way. They've had restrictions on how many uh, people or how much capacity theaters can have, but they've allowed some theaters to open. And then some big cities like New York and uh, LA and some of those, they're still closed. Like they aren't, there are no theaters open. So it's sporadic around the country right now, but uh, man, Regal is, uh, has announced that they are going to go out of business. AMC is apparently so cash strapped that they're predicting that they will be uh, zero cash uh, by the end of the year. Wow. So AMC may go away forever. Um, that just blows my mind to think about. I can't, I don't even know. I, uh, yeah. I can't even imagine a world without movie theaters. That's just so, because, you know, like you said, Jeff, that's one of the, one of the biggest things, one of my, one of my greatest, I don't know if it's a hobby, but one of the things I love doing was that whole movie theater experience going out, getting the popcorn, getting the drink, sitting in a, a big room, sharing this experience of this, this film with, you know, a huge group of people, um, going to see like preview showings or midnight showings. Well, I'm a little older now, so that it's more like 9 PM showings, um, the day before release. Um, I miss all of that. You know, it was a very social thing to do and I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, and I think uh, it's hitting me now. I think the last thing I saw might've been Joker. Joker or Knives Out. You're right. I did see Joker in the theater. Well, but no, I, but I saw that when I was in Chicago. So that was November. Okay. Of last so. year. So was Knives Out? What have I that, seen Knives Out. I waited for video, so I don't know. But Knives Out came out. Didn't that come out on Christmas? Yeah, it came out like I think it came out November, December, and I, yeah. I I definitely saw that in the theater at a preview show. So that Knives Out might have been the last thing I saw. Yeah. Um, I can't remember seeing a movie this year. I haven't seen a theater. I I, I just, you know, I, I mean, in the theater. Yeah, I've yeah. seen. Trust me, I've been watching watching <laughs> a lot of watch movies. movies. <laughs> this pandemic. But Pretty much the I mean, TV is on like twenty four seven. The and and you know I know that Cinemark and AMC too um, you know, have the private party things where you can you can rent out a theater for what is it uh, ninety nine dollars I saw ninety nine dollars oh, it's not bad yeah for and you can. Uh, I think you can pick from a, a, a small catalog of 
not new releases, but you know, some, some of them are fairly recent, but that, that seems kind of cool. And I think I could, I, I could do that, but I don't know, just the whole thing of going to the theater seems kind of stressful to me and without knowing how many other people are at theater, you know, I really wanted to see Tenet. Tenet was a movie that was probably going to be the closest to drawing me out to, to the theater again, but again, without knowing how many people were going to be in the theater, it's a long movie and nobody's following the rules and you know, I don't know. Um, but it's sad. Now, with, with Regal's announcement, I know they said it was temporary and we all know who knows. Because they, they, like, I've, I feel like the movie theaters opened up, what, like a month ago? Yeah. They yes, reopened they very a, long. So like for four weeks and then they, they just, the business just wasn't happening. So, um, and Regal is number two. Yeah. So what I'm reading right now is that AMC will let you watch recent theatrical releases and older favorites with your own private group of friends starting at $99. Oh, wow. So apparently you can see a recent, maybe, maybe we could find 10 people we know we who, need have to been, find, who have been uh, cleared of COVID. Right. Who have been quarantined to spend 10 bucks safe. and we'll rent out a theater and watch Tenet. And we can see day. Tenet on the big screen. You bring your family. Yeah. We'll bring our family. I'm there. Leah, <laughs> you're, you've, you're COVID free, right? Yeah, I'm COVID free. You're right. Rosie. Bring Rosie yeah, and her family. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh my gosh. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's scary. It is. It would be very sad to see movie theaters go for it. But, you know, and Patty Jenkins is convinced that they are released. She's absolutely adamant they're releasing Wonder Woman 84. A bunch of, a bunch of <laughs> uh, unreputable sites, I want to say, that love to throw out um, rumors. And we're going to talk about some more when we get to our number five here. But we love to throw out rumors and hope that they stick. And then they turn out to be not true. And then it's like, whatever. Um, but a lot of those types of sites have been saying that Wonder Woman 84 is going direct to video. And Patty Jenkins keeps coming out and saying, no, it's not. So she's <laughs> she's like, that movie is going to be in the theaters, is meant to be watched in the theaters. She's adamant about saving movie theaters. But I just, I and, and, I, and I'm with her 100%. I'm like 100% behind her. Uh, I would love to see Wonder Woman 84 on the big screen. But to say, to say, you know, just to say it, like we're going to put it out there doesn't mean people are going to go and yeah. and spend the money or that they even can, depending on where they are, because LA and New York, those are big movie going markets. And if they and can't even closed. get in the doors, yeah. they're not going to see these movies. So uh, yeah, she's just, she's, she's adamant that it won't be an on-demand release. And they, these sites are saying that it will be and she's like, no, it's not like it will eventually. <laughs> but she's like, I'm not like it's going to hit theaters first. So that means to me either that she is, and Wonder, and Warner Brothers, if they have said we are hitting theaters or we're delaying, we're not releasing to streaming. So either either we're getting it around Christmas or we're waiting till next year. That's what I think is happening with Wonder Woman. But, you know, it's obviously these filmmakers are like we're not we don't make movies for television like that's not what we do like right. i didn't spend all this money on all these effects and all these big Hundreds stars of millions of dollars for you to watch yeah. it on your screen at home you know i want you to see it in a the theater and you know what patty we're with you we want to see it in the theater Absolutely. so uh, uh you know and i'm willing to wait like i know a lot of people are like give it a, you know i'd rather have it on demand i'm willing to wait for some of these movies i really am and i and that's hard to say but let's wait if we have to number four so speaking of movies that are not going to theaters, there is a, a movie that has been in production and I didn't even realize it. 
like I knew that there have been rumors and talks that this movie was happening. I'd heard that they had, you know, talked to, to the principal cast and that they were coming back and doing this movie. And I was like, this is great. I'll go see that whenever it possibly ever gets made. Well, it turns out it's made. It's done. This movie is done and in the can and ready to be released. And what it movie is, are you talking about? I am getting to it. <laughs> It is the sequel, long-awaited sequel, to one of my favorite Eddie Murphy movies of all time, The Golden Child. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> the golden, the go- it's The Goldener Child. The, gold, the gold, Golden Child is a much derided Eddie Murphy film that I actually do love, though. I do love that movie, but it's not my favorite. My, my favorite is Beverly Hills Cop 2, but that's also a, not 2, but Beverly Hills Cop as well. <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop is not getting the sequel either. The actual movie we're talking about is coming to America. And it's not coming to America too. It's coming to, number two, America. That's right, coming to America, which was just hilarious. I I mean, I just adore this movie. I watched it so many times when I was a kid. So funny. Uh, Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall, just absolutely hilarious in this movie. They, they finally announced this, this movie was coming, and I was so excited. Turns out it's done, and Paramount, can't get into theaters. I wonder why, right? Mm. So instead, they were shopping it around at various streaming services. They said, hey, we've got Eddie Murphy's new movie. Now, Eddie Murphy's last movie was produced by Netflix, which was Dolomite is my name. And yeah, well, uh, that's right. That one, that one ended up streaming, and this was before COVID. <laughs> so that one ended up streaming on Netflix. And so Paramount's like, hey, we got the next Eddie Murphy movie, and it's a sequel to one of his most popular movies of all time. Who wants it? And so there was some, you know, a lot of bidding going around, a lot of uh, various streaming sources. Well, the deal that they struck was apparently $125 million to stream this film. And the film is going to be on Amazon, Amazon Prime streaming on December 18th. That's apparently the release date rumored right right. now. But apparently that deal is, apparently that deal is true, but the the date might still be a rumor. we don't want to release allegedly December 18th. I need to say that. <laughs> but how about that, right? 125 million. Now, how much did it cost to make? I have no idea. But does that? So, so I'm I'm, I'm trying to figure out how this because this is a new world, right? We're not putting it in a theater. So does that mean Paramount, if they had released it in the theater, would have made 125 million dollars for that movie? And now Amazon needs to try to make money off of it. And obviously, they're they're assuming they're going to, you know, benefit from this. I don't know if it's going to be on Prime. Like if you're a Prime, you can watch it for free or if they're going to have it, they're going to be the only place you can watch it on demand for one of these $29.99 or $19.99 movie things. I don't know what that deal entails. Like that's not clear. But it's an if this is the this is the new way of releasing movies. It's interesting. So Paramount's already made $125 billion on this movie before it's even before anybody's even seen it. And it's that, and you know what? That honestly, that's probably more than they would have made if they tried to release it in the theaters. I mean, Tenet didn't break. I don't think it broke thirty or forty million in its opening weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, now, globally, because other places in the world, other countries are opening up, you know, globally, it's made over three hundred million. But here in the states, it's. I don't even think it's broken a hundred million. And you know, uh, kudos to Paramount for thinking, let's. Take 125 million now. Yeah. Well, they'd had to make their money somewhere, right? right? Especially if they weren't gonna, like you guys just said, you know, they spent how much money producing, filming, 
paying actors. A lot of money goes into creating a movie. How else would they make it, especially in today's economy? So apparently with this deal includes some marketing tie-ins. So Amazon gets to benefit from that too. So they are selling, like, I don't know if, if that is a partnership, the Paramount gets some of that as well. Like, I don't know, these deals are going to, oh, you know, right. it's got to be interesting, but it's, it's all, yeah, it's crazy. Um, but uh, one of the marketing tie-ins is with McDonald's, which is amazing. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's brilliant. Which if you remember the original, uh, you know, he worked at McDowell's, McDowell's and that was the name of the, the family and of the families and they had, did they have the up down, upside down arches? It was an upside down. It was, it, it was very close to it, yeah, but it was, upside, it was basically yeah, McDonald's yeah. and he was competing with them, which was so, it was, that was one of my favorite funniest things that John Amos was my, one of my favorite parts of that movie. One of my favorite oh, characters. Yeah, he, he was, was just hilarious. so funny. And, um, and just that whole McDowell's uh, restaurant that he had going on there. But um, so having a tie in with McDonald's is going to be interesting. Oh, that's and I would brilliant. love to see how they market this. This is going to be a lot of fun. Please, um, I hope I hope that means that some of the voices of those characters will be on Alexa. I would love to have King Jaffe, you know, <laughs> answering my questions on my Alexa. So Crown Roy- Crown Royal is the other, I guess, mar- uh, marketing tie-in. Oh, okay. And okay. Uh, yeah. I'm looking at I'm looking at the cast, and I'm glad that a lot of the the original cast has come back. That's awesome. Yeah. And what's this? Wesley Snipes. Wait, Wesley Snipes is in it? According to this list, I'm looking at. You're right. It does say see Wesley Snipes is joining the cast of Coming to America. Wow. That would be interesting. The Daywalker arrives. Right. <laughs> All right. So coming it's to America. MCU. Coming to. America, I'm making a two with my fingers. People who are at home uh, is coming hopefully in December to Amazon, which will be quite interesting. Number five. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, multiverse living Spider-Man. Two reboots. Sure. Why not? Good ideas. Marvel's got. Hey, now here comes the multiverse. That's right. Ever I'm a little disappointed the, that the ukulele wasn't involved in it. You know, I had thought about it. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll keep singing next time. <laughs> got to keep, got to hold back a little bit. Give people more next time. Got to leave them wanting more. They want more. That's we right. want more ukulele next time, Utah. Go ahead. All right. Done. Noted. <laughs> <laughs> but ever since the news of Jamie Foxx being cast in Spider-Man 3 was released, speculation has run amok with talk of whether he's reprising his role as Electro from that one awful Spidey movie or being someone new. Uh, Add to that news that Dr. Strange himself will be making an appearance and well, guesses of who is next keep coming. Could Andrew Garfield make make an appearance? Could Tobey Maguire make an appearance? I mean, Sam Raimi is directing the next Dr. Strange movie and Jamie Foxx is confirmed. So what, what could it be? I don't know. I'm excited. I like the fact that they're bringing Doctor Strange in. And since Doctor Strange's movie is about the multiverse, it kind of makes sense that if they're going in that direction in Spider-Man 3, that Doctor Strange would be somehow involved. Um, But I don't like Electro, so I don't know how that's going to go. What do you guys think? (laughs) Yeah, well, if, if we're going to be like all the other websites out there, confirmed 
Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are in Spider-Man 3. <laughs> Reprising but, their roles. Let me just say this. That is a bald-faced lie. It is yeah, not confirmed. If nope. you see a headline that says Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are confirmed, and there are several. I saw two of them in my, in my feed today that Already. said confirmed. Click that link and well, don't click the link because you don't want to give these people that. <laughs> don't click. But the if you do, link. see, I clicked the link. I took one for the team. I clicked the link to see what their sources are. Guess what? None. There aren't any. That's the point. Yes. Somebody says a source from Sony close to the production. That's what they always say when they don't hey, that's have me. a source, right? <laughs> so that is just not the case. Now, that doesn't mean it's not happening. I actually think that it's likely because people have been kind of wanting this and the studios have been listening to fans on a lot of things almost to a to a fault rise of skywalker um and so that's the last movie i saw in the theater you might be right that might be the last one i saw too that might be it but uh you know they might be listening to a fan to their fans almost to a fault which could be a bad thing um but i i feel like this they know that this is what people want people want to see toby Maguire again People want to see Andrew. Well, no. some people want to see Andrew Gar- <laughs> no, Garfield again. Really. <laughs> um, but uh, I definitely want to see Tobey Maguire. Like a lot of people. Like as soon as we, yes. as soon as the Spider Verse movie came out, the one into the Spider Verse that Sony dropped the animated one, which was phenomenal. It was fantastic. Um, it is. It is either tied for first or second of the with best Spider Man movies ever. Yeah, Spider Man Two, the Sam Raimi one with Doc Ock. That's. That's that might be the best superhero movie ever. Well, this that's a whole other show. That's another we'll talk show. about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely the best Spider-Man movie I think. Um, except Into the Spider Verse is just really oh my gosh, it's so almost it was, there. Like I almost want it oh, to be the first. It was so good, but it was there's so, so much good about that second movie too. But anyway, that unlocked people's just like really big desire to see like if that was live action and you had Miles Morales. Like people wanted to imagine Tobey Maguire being the Peter Parker, right? The older, you know, uh, sort of, you know, in sweats, the middle-aged, middle-aged Peter bod. Parker. Toby, <laughs> Toby is that is that age now? Like I don't know if he's got dad he bod is. or if he's, you know, in sweats. I haven't seen him around. He's seasoned, but yeah, he's seasoned. <laughs> and so I would love to see that. I think that would be so much fun. Uh, so. I, I, I'm saying, what I'm saying is, yes, it's, it may be likely that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire will appear. It may be likely that it's multiverse, but it is not confirmed. And all these people are just trying to be able to say they said it first. And then if they end up being wrong, they'll pretend like they never talked about it. So just check your sources. Don't share those things. Like there's particular sites in particular that just drive me crazy that are on my, my, you know, list and i and i yeah and (laughs) i'm not gonna call them out i'm not gonna do it but uh i just don't share them Um, but if you see anybody saying stuff like that like check their sources make sure and the other thing is if if one site is saying it and then you go check and then you see other sites saying it but all their so all their sources are that one site still then it's still not confirmed. Like wait right somebody's gonna have to say and if if anything tom holland is gonna accidentally reveal it so we'll just wait that's just, once that's just once what tom holland says it we know it's real <laughs> because he he always blows it he blows it every time which yeah. i am 100 percent sure that marvel is feeding those through him on purpose um i, well, I think brilliant I think, marketing oh no it's 
It's brilliant marketing. It's fabulous marketing. Um, but it's funny that you mentioned that because I don't know if anybody saw Jimmy Kimmel's tweet uh, earlier today or was it early this week, but it might have been today. Um, that he is confirmed to be Craven the Hunter in Spider-Man 3. Did you oh, see I that? I did see that, yeah. <laughs> now, that is garbage. There's no way that's true. Right. But, 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 Craven no, the he's Hunter kidding. as, right, but Craven the Hunter as a villain in the movie? Oh, I, I think they should totally do it. And I would love to see someone like Jason Momoa or um, even, oh, yeah. even somebody less big, like, you know what I mean? But uh, people Danny have talked DeVito. about him. Craven the Hunter. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you just created some images. I'm going to have to somebody, I, if there's any fan artists out there who like to do that, what cosplay up people in, in art, uh, we need to see David or Danny DeVito as Craven the Hunter. Someone get on that like right away and upload it, share it, oh, World Gone Geek, send it to us. We want to see that. Um, but yeah, Jimmy Kimmel is probably, I mean, yeah, if that turns out to yeah. be true, I'll be amazed. But you know, what's, what's all, what is true is Jimmy Kimmel gets all the great Marvel scoops. Like he, they drop trailers on his show. They come and, and drop new things. And so he, and he copied Tom Holland on it. So I have a feeling we're going to get some sort of Spider-Man three news from Jimmy Kimmel. And that's his, his way of trying to get you thinking about it. So let's keep an eye on that. Maybe we're going to get a trailer or, or not one well, not a trailer, but you know what I mean? Like something, some sort of yeah. something that's going to reveal that. But, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, Jimmy Kimmel's got to be thanking his lucky stars that he's on ABC, which is, oh, sure. you know, owned, owned <laughs> all by part Disney, of the same so company. He gets all the right? Disney stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think he's going to be craving, but I think he is going to have some some big news here. So keep an eye, keep an eye on Jimmy Kimmel. He's going to have something to say. Okay. The other, the other thing that uh, you mentioned about J- Jamie Foxx. Uh, I love Jamie Foxx as a person. I think he's a great actor and I think he, he seems like a really cool guy uh, who uh, was cast in an unfortunate role in an unfortunate movie <laughs> because yeah, even, Amazing yeah. Spider-Man 2 was not good. The way they portrayed Electro, again, not his fault. It was just a poorly conceived character. Um, and he said he's not blue but it, in this new one, but then someone said it's still he's reprising the same character. So and then he, that it's and not he, a multiverse electro and that may just be misleading. So I think it's a multiverse electro and he just had, he's just not playing the stupid one he did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, and cause didn't electro die at the end of that movie? I, you know, I honestly don't remember. I, I honestly do not remember. I've blocked out most of that movie. It, it was, I was so disappointed in that film. I yeah, did not see it. You're not missing anything. Yeah. Um, and it, it would be, I feel like it would be really confusing if they cast Jamie Foxx in a, another Spider-Man movie and put him in a different role than what he had before. Except, except, and this is where, I mean, again, this could be a whole nother episode, so I'll try to make this brief. <laughs> we um, have a lot of other episodes. This, the whole multiverse thing drives me kind of crazy. And DC Universe does, is the one that does it the worst. And now I think like Marvel is about to follow the same suit. But people want this, and to be honest, I would watch it. So, I, but I, but it still bothers me from a logical perspective. And let me try. Michael to, Keaton, come let on. Let me try to be brief. Here's what I'm. Here's what. Here's what I'm trying to say. If Peter Parker exists in multiple dimensions, then he should be the same person in multiple dimensions. Like it doesn't make sense that Peter Parker is Tom Holland in one dimension, uh, Tobey Maguire in another. Maguire. 
and Andrew, like that they look so differently. Like their right. DNA is completely, to me, they'll be different. Like if Miles Morales is in multiple universes, like it, now different people can be Spider-Man, but not different people can be Peter Parker. Does that make sense? Like that, that's yeah, hard that for my brain to wrap around. That makes perfect sense. Like when they, when they put Barry Allen flash from the Snyder verse in with Barry Allen flash from CW verse in that one little short that they did. Yeah. Now, yeah that yeah. short was pretty funny and pretty cool. But I'm like, why do they look so different? Like they're just, it's just universe. Like to me, it's like you split off because of decisions and maybe the universes are different. And so that's why. Uh, or, that's, that, that's, that's the problem there. Or you could end up having a situation where Peter Parker um, is black because at some point in his past, um, you know, he, or he's maybe he's, you know, a mixed ethnicity or whatever, because his parents, you know, but he's still, He's Peter Parker, but he's still a different person. Do you know what I mean? But for for him to still be Andrew Garfield and have the same parental lineage, do you know what I mean? Still have the same Aunt May, but that's a different person too. Like, why are they different people? I don't understand that kind of multiverse. Like, it feels like they should be the same, and it should be other things that change them. Like That's possible. Like, Tony Stark was poor, so he never became Iron Man, and this other person did because they had the technology and became Iron right. Man for a different reason. Do you right. know what I mean? So yeah, anybody can be those characters just like Miles Morales became Spider-Man, but Miles Morales isn't Peter Parker. He's his own person. Yeah. Do, do you see what I'm saying? That makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah, don't know how that works. Like it's just, <laughs> it, well, it, that, it's, it makes my head spin. So, but, but does that mean I don't want to see Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire swinging together in their, their, you know, costumes and fighting bad guys. Oh yeah. I would pay to go see them. <laughs> I would well, no, totally no, no. watch that. I would watch the heck out of that movie. No, no, they're all, they're but all I, standing. They're all the whole standing time. I would be like, what's other. happening. <laughs> they're all standing on the, on a pier pointing at each other. Like, no, who yeah, are you? No, you, who you, are you? you, you, you. <laughs> that would have to happen. They would have to like, <laughs> that has to be like a post credit scene or something. Somehow yeah. like, absolutely. Why don't you go? No, you go. No, I don't. Know. <laughs> Where'd you get Michael. that suit? How'd you do that? You know, I don't know. Some some conversation where they're pointing at each other. That would be amazing. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that would be too good. Oh, but yeah, that's my that's my dissertation on uh, multiverse. I just I, somebody explained. It. I'm not saying it can't be that way. I just don't understand the how that that works. Like it's if you split timelines or whatever, everybody's still the same oh, person. Now right. things will change in their lives. And other DNA might enter their lives if different people get married back, you know what I mean, at different times. And maybe it's Patricia Parker because they had a girl instead of a boy because different things happened. Do you know what I'm saying? But then Patricia Parker is not Peter Parker. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And I think I think part of it is the fact that um, I think that there is a, a, a pillar of thought where parallel universes uh, don't necessarily, aren't necessarily anchored to the splitting timeline thing that you're talking about. Yeah. Cause what you're saying makes sense. Like if Peter Parker will be Peter Parker, if the timeline splits because it's the same Peter Parker. And so you've got different timelines, but some people don't consider them different universes, mm. just different timelines in the same universe. Okay. Mm. And so with a parallel universe, or I guess, you know, we'll call it the multiverse cause that's popular. Um, they're not necessary. They're not bound by those rules of, Peter Parker is always the same exact Peter Parker in each parallel universe. Well, that's convenient. 
Well, yes. That's what but. I'm saying. It seems to me it just seems convenient so that we can just do whatever we want. I want the science. Like, how does the science work? Because that right. not that it has to. Because I, you know, how why lightsabers and why force and you know I get it. This is fantasy, but at the same time, I like it when there's some sort of explanation. Sure. And there may be, and someone out there has it, and I'd love for you to share it with the show, and we'll talk about it. You can come on the show. I'm still booking people, in, but we're booking all the way out to January. So, yeah, <laughs> and so, maybe with yeah. COVID, you can come on live. But, yeah, I would love, <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have a whole uh, multiverse show. You guys can explain it to me. We can argue till we're blue in the face. And, and we actually, really actually, th- that other show is happening in another universe. So. It probably is. <laughs> and I'm a girl in that universe. And, uh, yeah. so I'm a ukulele. <laughs> And I'm Rosie. That you're, you're the <laughs> rabbit. I'm. You know what? I'm totally going to get my daughter to draw that. I, me as a girl, you as a ukulele, and you as a rabbit, and that's our parallel <laughs> universe. That's our parallel universe podcast version of us. All right. Well, that wraps up our top five interesting things we learned in pop culture news this week. Of course, there was a lot more, and you can always see what else we found this week on what people are talking about on our Facebook page at facebook.com/slash/worldgonegeek. Join us there and join the discussion. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram, both at World Gone Geek. Be sociable. Join us on social media and become part of the World Gone Geek. It's a show that's so disgustingly violent and graphic and full of profanity that I can't in good conscience actually recommend it to anyone. But it's also one of the most compelling and well-written shows available to binge right now. It's called The Boys, and it's just wrapped up its second season, and we're going to get into it big time. So spoiler alert, I'm saying it right now. And spoiler alert, if you're not caught up, it's time to pause the show and come back later because we're about to talk about everything that happened in season two. Otherwise, so if you're caught up and you're ready to go, don't go away. We'll be right back after this. Hey, everybody. We hope you're enjoying The Podcast is Real, which is the official podcast here at World Gone Geek. We hope you enjoy the website, worldgonegeek.com, which is a parody and satire site of pop culture news. We really enjoy doing it, so we hope that you enjoy reading it and listening to the podcast. But many of you have asked, how can you help? What can you do to support the podcast? Well, most importantly, spread the word. Let people know what's going on. Follow us on Facebook, Follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, share the tweets, share the posts, share the grams, whatever. All of those things go a long way in letting people know that we're here. People jump on these things and listen to podcasts mostly via word of mouth. So tell people what we're doing. We'd love that. Another way you can support us is by in your favorite podcast app, find a way to give us a review. Give us five stars, uh, tell people that you like what we're talking about, whatever. But if you were to vote, especially on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, if you were just to click those favorite buttons or those stars, that would be huge. It helps us rise up the list. It helps us be noticed by more people and therefore more people will start to listen. And finally, if you'd like to get involved in a really concrete way, we do have a Patreon account, patreon.com slash worldgonegeek. We have several tiers there where you can actually support the podcast financially, even as low as $2 a month. Did you know that if we ended up with 10 patrons at just $2 a month, that would help pay for one of the hosting costs for one of the things that we're doing here. So we would love it if you'd be able to do that. We totally understand if you can't, there's plenty of other ways to help, as I said before. But I do want to let you guys know about the Patreon account because right now 
this would be a sponsor break. And we don't have any sponsors yet because we just got started. We're just getting rolling. Once we have a lot more listeners and a lot more of a following, we could maybe look into that. But in the meantime, we'd love to have your support in all the ways that I just described. If there's any of those things that you feel in your heart that you'd like to do to be a part of the show, we'd appreciate it. Most importantly, though, I am so glad that you are listening. Thank you. Thank you for downloading this podcast and listening because that means uh, the world to me. And we're not just talking out into the air that there are people on the other end actually appreciating what we do. Thanks so much for being there. Let's get back to the show. All right, we are back. And again, spoiler alert, if you have not seen season two of The Boys yet, or season one, season one for that. Or season one. Yeah, if you haven't seen any of The Boys, this is the time to pause and go away because we are going to spoil stuff. We're going to talk about it. Um, so leave now. Pause now. Okay, bye. All right. The Boys is a gritty satirical take on the superhero mythos that just finished its sophomore season on Amazon Prime. Based on a comic book from Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson, the show examines a world where superheroes are real. And the old saying, never meet your heroes, has never been more dizzyingly illustrated as absolutely dead-on good advice. The <laughs> heroes in The Boys are lifted to celebrity statuses, and the idea of great power brings great responsibility is flipped on its head. With great power comes absolute corruption and depravity. The corporation behind the heroes gives them publicists and social media and creates images, while behind the scenes, they're the most dangerous and despicable people of all. And this is where the titular boys, though they're not all boys, come in. They're a group of vigilantes, vigilantes loosely backed by the CIA who have got an axe to grind with the heroes of the world and know the truth behind the lie that the rest of the world is being force-fed. And they won't stop until the truth is exposed and the true evil is destroyed. Stars Carl Urban, Jack Quaid, Aaron Moriarty, and... Anthony Starr as probably one of the most uh, <laughs> like love to hate people uh, in TV history. I mean, you know, you've seen shows where you, there's characters in movies where they're you just love to ha- you love them, but you love to hate them. Like they're such they're they're played so well, but you can't say they're wow, he's so good. No, he's terrible. He's the he's absolutely awful, but he's so good at playing <laughs> this awful person. Uh, that's, yeah, Anthony Starr is Star. doing fantastic as the love to hate him Homelander leader of the seven, which is the hero Avengers of this world. The boys is a roller coaster of destruction, blood, guts, and F bombs cleverly disguising a brilliant satire about toxic celebrity worship, culture, politics, and who, I mean, just everything. You name it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's start with a brief recap of season one. Let's just try to remember what happened in season one. And this is where I told you, I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, Season one. What happened in season one? uh, It's pretty simple. Season one. Okay, here we go. Huey's girlfriend gets killed by one of the seven and puts him on a track to, uh, uh, that, that crosses his path with, uh, well, Billy Butcher. The, I guess he's the leader of of, of the boys, sure. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he was played by Carl Urban, and he finds himself in this kind of weird journey and adventure of who the heroes really are and what type of people they really are beyond the image that they show. And um, lots of things happen; lots of people die in really 
um, gruesome and strange and unusual yeah. ways. Um, and uh, at the end of it all, we find out that uh, soups are not born that way. They are get, get their powers from a compound called Compound V, which I guess Vought had been injecting into various children. Uh, with their parents' permission, I believe, because mm -hmm. the parents were given some sort of stipend or something. Yes. And uh, so um, we, end, we end the season. How do we end the season? So Storm, Stormfront was introduced at the end of last season? Or yeah. No? Um, I don't remember. I think so, but no, we barely get to no. know her. No. The uh, end she of came the, in the second season. The oh, no. The, 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 end, the end of season one is when Billy Butcher realizes that his wife, Becca, uh, is alive and ha has a son. That's right. And the son is not his. And the son isn't his, but is Homelander's. Yes. Yes. So, so when you say ends. that soups aren't born, well, this this kid well, this might is be the, the first, first one. This is, as far as we know, the first natural born superhero. Because Homelander uh, raped his wife. And yeah. 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 Homelander's. This is why. Billy Butcher is out to get all the that. So each of the boys has their own reason for wanting to take down these heroes. Yep. And that obviously is Billy Butcher's. Um, Huey's right. is because a train who's the speedster, like a, like the flash. And it's, this is what's so great about the show is it examines, it really kind of examines what if these superheroes were real, like the flash, and Quicksilver in these comic books, they run so fast, so so blazingly fast everywhere they go. What happens if a person accidentally steps in front of them while they're running? Now we we see them, uh, you know, they slow down time and they're able to just slowly like do all this stuff and you know all these things and that's all happening because they're so fast. And I guess that's for some reason that I've never really bought that. <laughs> so this. So this, like, although I love those scenes, they're so, they're so fun. Right. Yeah. Um, but a train accidentally runs right through her and just. In the first 10 minutes yeah. of the first episode of the first season. Yeah. Yeah. Every episode of the show has a scene that is so outrageously gruesome and shocking that uh, there's at least one right. And every seat and every episode like how translucent died whoa yeah <laughs> yeah oh my gosh how do you kill uh you know how do you kill an invisible man that has you know impervious skin <laughs> well you stick a bomb up his butt and then you blow it basically up. they did the 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 ant-man thanos they theory. did the ant-man thanos thing yes yep. they basically uh sort of recreated what that would have been yeah it was gruesome yeah this is this is why it's so hard for me to recommend this show to people. Like people are like, so is it good? Well, I'm like, yeah, it's great. So should I watch it? No, like don't watch this. <laughs> like it's so hard to recommend because it is it is extremely violent, um, and there that but it's also so brilliantly written and like just such an interesting commentary about what's going on in the world today. You know what I mean? Told in such yep. a unique way. Yep. That I don't know. This, I'm so torn on this, and I wanted to do this episode because I do like the show, um, but it's it's just you know I am very torn about this show. I I, I haven't really recommended it to anybody <laughs> because it's like it's like I'm no I'm just gonna I'm gonna watch it for you and tell you it's awesome, and then you don't have to be exposed 
to what I was exposed to. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I, I've, I've recommended it to, uh, you know, fellow nerds and geeks, uh, in, in my various circles, because I know that they could handle the visuals and, and whatever else is going on. But, um, and, but like to my kids, they've heard of the show, they know of the show. Uh, they've heard me talk about how awesome it is. They've seen and heard other people talk about how awesome it is, but I've told them it's, um, it's an eyeful sometimes, uh, <laughs> and an earful for that matter. Um, so it's definitely not for everybody, but the quality of the writing, the quality of the acting, um, it's really a, it's, it's a darn good show. So Leah, when you first started watching it, you were really excited to let us know that you were on this show now and we wanted to, wanted to, to do an episode about it. So tell us, let's staying in the first season for right now. Tell us what it was about that first season that hooked you. Like, what is it that made you think like, this is a really good show and we gotta, we gotta talk about this. Well, I was already familiar with the boys because at my previous job, there was a girl that dressed up as Huey and his girlfriend with the arms. Oh, All she had that's was the brilliant. arms. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> as like the costume uh, for our work party, and I that's had no amazing. idea what she was refer- referencing. But she showed us the very first that like little intro clip on YouTube, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is brilliant, but also very frightening at the same time." <laughs> And I wasn't, that was again, something that I was like, okay, should I jump on this bandwagon or should I not jump on the bandwagon? And then once I kept hearing you guys talk about it and I was like, you know what? I'm just, I'm just going to watch it. So from the very, like, I don't even think I really had time to, to decide if I wasn't going to watch it anymore because I was immediately hooked. I, I couldn't stop from the very first 10 minutes of the episode that I was just, I, that was it. It was over. I was just, you know, I was about to binge it and I knew it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the, that entire first se- season was a roller coaster of excitement and I just, yeah, a whirlwind of different emotions. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how else to explain it. It was, it was phenomenal. And honestly, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I agree with you guys. Yeah. I think that, I mean, let's the first season addressed so many, uh, made so many commentary in, in the first season. Let's let's look at that. I mean, it addressed the Me Too movement. Yeah. It addressed. It addressed. Yes, it did. uh, Like big time. Um. It it addressed like how celebrities can get away with you know and get treated differently. So just to explain to anybody, so some of you maybe may have kept listening past the spoiler alerts because you're like. Uh, you, you preface this by telling me how gross it is. I'm never going to watch it. So let me just hear what it's about. So mm-hmm. here we go. Like uh, in the, in the very first season, one of the characters, the deep, who's basically the Aquaman uh, of the group, he he controls, you know, fish and animals and has gills uh, on his chest and whatever. And he, uh, he basically sexually assaults the newest member of the, of the group who's a young girl. Um, basically we, we learn more about, this world through two characters, Huey, who you mentioned earlier, his girlfriend is killed and he becomes a member of the boys and starlight, who is a young girl with powers 
who is brought in to, to the seven. So she is seeing it from the superhero's perspective. Huey is seeing it from the, you know, human kind of like, you know, civilian perspective. Um, and then the two of them meet and that's kind of how the whole show kind of you know comes around them. But uh, yeah, she is, uh, um, you know, inappropriately, uh, you know, propositioned, <laughs> propositioned by uh, the deep. He gets in trouble for it. They decide um, what, like, you know, sort of like the um, corporations and uh, the Catholic church and others have kind of rallied around, uh, you know, abusers instead of like punishing them or, or sending them to jail or doing, you know, prosecuting them for the things that they've done wrong. They, they ship him off to Sandusky. Sandusky. <laughs> so, and that's the Ohio connection, which uh, it is run by Aaron, Kripp, uh, Eric Kripke, Eric who Kripke. is an Ohio boy and uh, is the guy behind supernatural on the CW, which is just wrapping up by the way. But um, that's why there's a Sandusky reference. It's, it's, that's Eric, you know, remembering Ohio, but yeah, there's a big lake here. So the deep <laughs> gets to be a superhero in Sandusky. So it's basically like getting knocked down to the minors, right. Um, in sports or something like that. Yeah. Aliyah, you look like you're about to say something. Yeah. Because I, I feel like you, I, you made very good points, but there is one thing that I really wanted to say, especially in reference to that, that specific scene. When the deep made a very inappropriate pass at Starlight, not only was he trying to, I guess you could say, blackmail her, but he wasn't taking the responsibility, which is one of the the biggest things about, or I guess you could say, most prominent aspects of the Me Too movement. Um, and you know, it was more so the deep, you know, trying to blackmail starlight and that you know and, and phrasing it as in you know it was her fault um yeah and i i think that is very important um uh, to address especially because you know like we said the the boys does reference a lot of real realism that does happen within our own society um and then starlight kind of comes back and you know does what she does and makes it a point to set boundaries and uh, you know, as a woman, I appreciate that. And even though the deep wasn't very happy, he did get what he, what he deserved. Yeah. Well, he should have moved to Sandusky. Yeah. Yeah. He got kicked out of the seven and, uh, and yeah, poor, poor Ohio though. <laughs> that's like, Sandusky's that's not the that punishment. Bad. Send him to Sandusky. Um, what is in Sandusky? Yeah. Cedar, Cedar Point. Point. I know, but he was like, Cedar yeah. Point, why do I want to go there? Yeah. Why do I want to go there? <laughs> yeah. But it, it, I mean, you're, you're right, Elliot. I mean, it, so I thought that was a really kind of brilliant way to show how that, how that's sort of ignored or accepted and barely even punished in the world of celebrity and in the world of corporate in the corporate world, right? We see these types of things happening all the time. The show just brings those to light. It's pretty cool. I also like at how blatant they are. They just they just kind of don't care. It's like we're just gonna do this and run with it. And if anybody has any opinions, well, <laughs> uh, we know we know what opinions are. So, you know, I don't know. I appreciate that. I appreciate that brutal honesty sometimes that that the world needs. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah, it holds a, up. A, it holds up a, a pretty brutal mirror to society. I think sometimes, yeah. And then they paint Homelander in this. In the beginning, they paint they paint Homelander, in, you know, in this uh, beautiful light. And I was like, oh, okay, we have a normal one. And then come to find out, it was he's just, the worst <laughs> of them all. He's the he is the worst one. Yeah. Well, and it's, well until until Stormfront. Well, yeah, yeah she Stormfront. Might be even worse. But uh, Nazi. Yeah. It, it, it's it's really kind of yeah it's amazing um but yeah so the deep gets sent to sandusky what else happens the first season so they um they're trying to find out the truth uh they they kill translucent who's one of the seven who um Poor you know Huey. as we described they they thanos him uh or they ant-man thanos him thanos him would be like snapping and he disappeared that is right, not what no. happened that's not <laughs> that, that is if you've ever if you've ever read the ant-man theory on how to de- to destroy thanos. thanos that is essentially what they tried and it worked uh let's just say he's gone um <laughs> and it was uh, yeah that was the, that was the big shocking disgusting part of that episode um yep. but finally at the end yeah they do they do discover and that soups are made not born they do discover that there's a compound v starlight realizes that everything is not what it is supposed to be sort of falls in love with Huey. And at the end, um, Elizabeth shoe, who I thought was going to be a major part of the show, uh, who she is the head of Vought. She's the like, right, CEO. She's like CEO. Yeah. And uh, Homelander finds out he's been lying to her or she's been lying to him. And so he just suddenly just decides to you laser know, eyes, her, laser her eyes into out. oblivion. <laughs> Yeah. I was so shocked when that happened. Like, I was like, what? This is how the season ends. Like, she's just dead. She's not dead. She's dead. She's dead. She's totally dead. (laughs) Well, you know, and and it's interesting, too, because, you know, Billy Butcher was there with bombs. He was ready to, I mean, he was, he was right there playing chicken with Homelander because he was going to, he was threatening to blow everybody up if they, he didn't get the truth about his wife or, or whomever. Right. And so Homelander took care of that for him and then was able to frame Billy Butcher for it. Right. And then he brings Billy Butcher. And then, yes, just just to pour salt in the wound. And it turns out that's his, his butcher's wife is still alive, which he thought Homelander had killed her. Yeah. And not only is she alive, but she has Homelander's son. And that was how it ended. So that was, that was a huge revelation, huge, shocking revelation, big, big stuff. So season two, here we are. It starts, um, we get our first taste of it at San Diego Comic-Con. They showed the first, or they showed the, <laughs> the whale boat. The scene, whale. <laughs> um, which which was amazing. So at one point, and, and we have to talk about it because it's, um, it's one of the most, it's one of the most iconic <laughs> scenes of that whole season, really, when you think about it. And it's all practical effects, like not all yeah. of it. I mean, some of it obviously well, most, was, but they did a lot yeah. of practical effects. Yeah, and they had an actual whale, a fake yeah. whale on the beach. Well, they, they built had the one. Boat. Yeah, yeah, they built one, and they had a boat, and it went up the ramp. They had, um, you know, ratchet set for a couple of stunt, stunt people, so when they jumped off the boat, they would be pulled back. But yeah, like yeah. they actually, and they had an actual boat go into an actual fake whale, <laughs> and just obliterate it. <laughs> and then they flopped around inside it for like uh, 20 right. minutes They're afterwards. Like, yeah, I'm just going to chill out here. It's like, I'm get out of the whale. 
love, I loved Huey yeah. just sitting there going, nah, I'm just going to stay yep. here. Yeah. Like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. And you know what? I think the great thing about Huey is he is all of us, right? He's the audience. Like, because yes. I think we were all feeling it. like when that happened, even at home, we're like, yeah, I'm with Huey. Like, like this is, I'm, I don't know that I can take any more of this. <laughs> this was so much. I'm just going to sit well, here. I mean, poor yeah. Huey. He was like just working at a little electronic store, or, yeah. you know, just doing regular Joe Schmo stuff. And then next thing he knows, he's blowing people up from their bums and killing people. And well, you know, I mean, they killed his girlfriend. Yeah. I mean, or fiance, I, right? I mean, yeah. They get, had just gotten engaged or something. I yeah. mean, I get that, but he had been through a lot. Yeah, he, he, he so yes, that he, was he also was certainly that was also the episode I found out that Huey was my spirit animal because he loves no, Billy, Billy Joel as much as I do. <laughs> I mean, I love Billy Joel. Like Billy Joel is that was the first cassette I ever owned was uh, an innocent man and oh, wow. Michael Jackson's Thriller. Those were the first two cassettes. I got a boombox one year uh, for for Christmas, and you know, big huge boombox holding on my shoulder. Just like the, did in the eighties, what you do, and my first two cassettes was Billy Joel and Michael Jackson, and yeah, Billy Joel is my favorite singer songwriter. I just absolutely adore like all of his music, and the fact that he uses Billy Joel to like escape from this, I was just like, he's, he's my dude. But then I can't remember was it him or Starlight that ha- that hated the Almond Joy? Was it she liked the Almond Joy? And she it? she liked the Almond Joy. She liked she, she named three things that she really liked, and Hugh was like how yeah how did horrible. you choose the three worst things yeah it was charleston too was the other one right yes so, mm-hmm. so I, I starlight is, is starlight is kind of my spirit animal too so i'm like a, an amalgam of so billy joel <laughs> and me definitely oh. but i love the charleston too and the almond joy so <laughs> that's where you and i part ways i guess but no you don't like those either no almond joys are horrible oh, was it because you don't like coconut like do you like so- do you like, I don't the, like the mounds? Listen, there's two sometimes things you that feel I really like don't. <laughs> sometimes you don't. Yeah, I always feel I like know. a nut. But the thing is, is that there's two things that I do not like in food. I will probably eat them separately. It just depends. Okay. Almonds oh. or any type of nut. Doesn't matter. Mm, okay. And coconut. Also, wow. both, I feel like they just don't need to be. In so you don't food. like almonds and you don't like coconut and almond joy. Says, here, here's both of them. And we're going to wrap them in chocolate because you like chocolate, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not an allergic thing, though. It's just a taste. You just thing. don't no. like either of those. OK, no, so, it's definitely so a taste thing. So you're not like, I like both of those things. So <laughs> we're going to have to do. Obviously, we need to, to do a, a, a oh, candy bar Moore. smackdown episode. Oh, poor guy. I didn't know that he was African-American under that. Uh, under He's a mystery. Which, which wrapped is very in con- interesting, right? Black wrapped Moore, in a conundrum, wrapped in uh, mummy bandages. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah we, we didn't get to that yet. Like, what happened oh, to sorry, Black Noir? But no, you're right. Um, so, uh, but yeah, the whale was the big, the, at the opening in the beginning, right? I mean, that was, wow. that I think was just like huge. <laughs> and it was the deep's chance to like really shine, right? Because the was, deep you is could like. Tell. Cause he's he like, like I'm, I got this. I got this. He's I can like, bring yeah. a whale, and they just obliterate it. And he's just like, my whale. I feel so <laughs> bad. And it, it is funny because, it, it, and I feel like now, tell me if you if you agree, but did they sort of make the deep a sympathetic character this season? Like they almost, they almost make you like root for him to like not be a bad person. 
Yeah. And part did, yeah. of that, though, is because he becomes a Scientologist, basically. Basically. Right? <laughs> I mean, even <laughs> even even the logo of this fake church in the, in the show is so close to the actual Scientology logo. It's yeah. yeah. It's pretty obvious, just like the, you know everything else in this show. It's it's pretty obvious what who who they're, who they're satirizing. Yeah. yeah. Well, what but don't I, they don't they even say they're going to become aliens when they get? Yeah. Uh, what's yeah, the yeah. name I of mean, the aliens in this one? I don't remember, but yeah, it's so it's so obviously a dig at Scientology. But you're sure. right. Um, you know they set up the deep on a redemption arc um, through this church of the collective, and um, and and Chase. I forget his last name, but Crawford. he does such a he does such a great job at um, you know he he was so smarmy and just so awful right. in the first season. Completely and different this season. He so he does such an incredible job. Yeah, I mean they he, broke you know, him. They broke and him, and he deserved to be broken. Like that's yeah. that's what you want, right? Is that he should be broken for what he did, and that yeah. that's the only way he can come back to be redeemed. Um, and then he gets a chance to come back to the seven, and Starlight is like not having it. And rightfully so. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's nice. It's nice that she has now has the power she wields and she knows it. Mm-hmm. Um, and to see the see starlight, both starlight and Huey, you know, coming from the beginning of season one where they were both the sheltered kind of naive, very optimistic, hopeful um, characters, and then are both kind of shoved headfirst into the deep end of this horrible cynical awful world um is really interesting to see them develop through season one and in, and through season two even um and to see where they end up at the end of season two makes me wonder uh what's next right <laughs> i just i just i mean wow <laughs> is it is it wrong that i kind of feel bad for homelander well only because, like, if he wasn't raised to be a monster or to be like a human weapon, he That's wouldn't true. be like that. That's you know? true. Like they, he they... W- and he he mentions it in so many different aspects, you know. And he, I feel like he recognizes it even when he was just talking to his son. You know, I feel like his son is almost like, almost like Huey is to Butcher. You know, like that canary. Yep. You know, the canary moral compass. Yeah. yeah. You know, the person that kind of keeps him even or keeps him steady. The the <laughs> thing that, uh, but you're right about how, why, you know, we sort of feel sorry for him. Like the one thing that, that I've noticed in season two is how well they have developed the characters, even the bad guys, mm-hmm. to the point where even, even as despicable as they made, well, you know, they made deep the deep despicable in the first season. And A-train. sort of, yeah, and sort of redeem them. Well, yeah. A train was sort of despicable, um, but then he, you know, has sort of tried. But then the whole idea, what we're seeing is that they, they are not one dimensional. They are not, right. they are not just villains, right? So many movies and shows, like you know, the bad guy is just like he's just pure evil, and you don't know what to do with him, right? Uh, and then when he dies, you're like happy, and everything's great. That's what's so amazing about what they did with the characters this season is they they gave them histories and personalities that made them more complex. Yeah. Everybody's got a flaw or a foible or something, even if they're superheroes. And then we see the truth. Like A-Train, 
looks like he's redeeming himself, but he's only doing it really just to, for his own gain and to get himself back into the seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you start to wonder if that's really why the deep is doing it. Right. But Maeve, it's not the fresco. Maeve's, that's for sure. Maeve's, Maeve's uh, arc has, was really good in season Yeah. That two. was well done too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it all kind of happened once um, old girl left her. I can't remember her light, her name, but right. you know, Elena. Yes. Elena. When she left her, and that's when she kind of went. It was either a rock bottom. I think she still kind of had that rock well, bottom. She a definitely, bit. she definitely hit rock bottom, and yeah, is kind of like, slowly getting herself back. Mm-hmm. Um, what she did at the end um, to get Homelander, you know, to stop um, or to spare to spare Butcher, you know, it was a very interesting thing. It's it's very interesting how it's really. It's just like a pyramid of leverage. It's a matter of who has what leverage against right. somebody else and when to use it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of interesting to see the dynamics of, of that, especially when as an audience you go, you know, you think, oh, well, Maeve has something on Homelander and A-Train has something on Stormfront and the <laughs> Deep doesn't have anything on anybody. <laughs> and- <laughs> well, what Maeve had on Homelander is... Damning is, to herself is also, as well. It's kind of it's self-incriminating yeah. as well, right? Yeah. Like, I, but, I can't that's believe why that Elena she left. went along with that. You know, that was so hard to believe even that first time when it, uh, and when we're it, referring we to the happen. plane incident, you know? Yeah. Um, that was when we first, <laughs> I think that was when we really realized, okay, yeah. Homelander's not Homelander's just a jerk. not, yeah. He's the devil. Like, <laughs> right. He's not, he's not a, just a jerk. He's we thought he was just a pompous ass. No, he's... He's, no, he's a psychopath. <laughs> but it is also interesting, right, at how the one thing that is that has caused her so much grief since it started, right? Because I feel like that was really the turning point for Maeve when that plane, the plane went down, mm. when she really was like, I'm not, ta- I, I don't know if I can, how much more I could handle of this. And then after Elena left, because of the video, which is now something that she is using to incriminate herself as well as homelander and she's kind of at that point like we said that breaking point where it's like you know what if i go down i go down but you're going down with me and i'm i'm really tired of you trying to control everyone because it's almost like he's like boohooing sometimes like living in his own little pity power pity party because he doesn't get what he wants right well he he, he he's very much about the adulation right he mm-hmm. wants to be loved by everybody because he was loved by no one, unfortunately. And well, you know that you know that certainly affects him. And I think I think you're right about about Maeve. You know, she had this video found in order to protect her relationship with Elena from Homelander, only to have that thing that she got to protect that relationship end that relationship. Mm-hmm. And and it, so and she ended up using it against Homelander anyway to protect somebody else. So. I think that's a really beautiful moment. But how about how that last, the season finale started? I was not expecting it to start that way with the, um, the, the shooting, the Indian man. The yeah. Storm. Well, you know, and, but that goes back to what we've been talking about, about how brilliant satire uh, works and mirror. how, yeah. And how it's, it's Cape a mirror. Guy. Yeah. Yeah, the, oh, uh, Cape Guy. I'm thinking about Black Lightning. I'm getting no, my no, shoes. No, you're thinking about like, no, no. Yeah, I'm you're getting thinking. my shows messed up. You said <laughs> shot, and then I just because I just saw the Cape Guy episode episode of Black Lightning. Ah, no, no. My we're hero talking... shows mixed up. My hero shows that are reflecting the real world really? with superheroes. Yeah. <laughs> 
but no, you're right. It was a, it was definitely a very interesting um, start to it because it definitely showed uh, very, very uh, obviously how all of this media and all of these memes and, and every social media, whatever else can affect people whose minds are very vulnerable to this type of, and I don't want to call it brainwashing, but I mean, it's sort of like that. So you've got this guy living in the basement with his mom and he's probably got very few friends. He's very socially isolated and socially awkward. And he's just so vulnerable to all this social media that's just bombarding him uh, with all this paranoia about uh, supervillains, which of course, a messaging that's controlled by Vought and Storefront's at the head of that. And then he goes along about his usual day, sees something that's suspicious, and then starts to act upon that suspicion. And the paranoia drives that to the point where he shoots an innocent person in the head, thinking that he's a possible supervillain. And of course, we take a look and see that he's not. He's bleeding out on the floor. Um, and I, I think, you know, like you said, Jeff, that just kind of holds a mirror to uh, society today, uh, perhaps a little amplified, but it's um, it's a definitely an obvious statement at, to the state of affairs now and that in the world that we're currently in. Powerful stuff, yeah. really well acted too. So let's talk about Black Noir because we said we were gonna do that. So he's he's been tasked with you know killing the boys. Um, what them. are his powers too? He's like right, I don't super know. healing and vulnerable. He doesn't say anything. No. But then his one weakness is in is a nut allergy. Yeah. <laughs> a tree nut allergy. So funny. And and Maeve knew that. Yeah, which makes me think. What else so, does she know? Right? So it makes you think that Maeve might have leverage against every member of the seven, just in case. Now, have you read the comics, Utah? I haven't, no, but I want to. Because I I believe that that's a different reveal of who black noir is than what's in the comics. Oh, you know what? I think you're right. I think they had mentioned, I read somewhere that I think it was Carl Urban and somebody else were laughing at the fact that black noir seems to be the most powerful soup. And how funny would it be if like his one weakness is a nut allergy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and Kripke said, that's awesome. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I think it's a, it's a completely different person in the comic books. Yeah. And yeah. He, I, I, I do remember seeing I don't that. want to spoil that. For anybody too. Plus, I haven't actually read all of them. So, and that was my that's that's remember how we were talking about Dexter. We're talking earlier. about that, and yeah. and I was like, something it better be better than or or you know exactly the same. Yeah, and I hated the comic to be honest with you. Like, I I quit on the comic very early. Oh, like if I you know we talk about how like crude and 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 disgusting this show can be sometimes with its violence the comic is worse. Like it's not even close. Like it is just, it is, it tries just, to be so offensive that I was gratuitous. literally offended by it. And I said, Nope, I'm done. And that's why when the show came out, I'm like, again, this premise is great, but mm -hmm. I don't like the way it's executed in the comics. So let me see what the show does. And the show is, is much better, much better. They than see the comic. I can, uh, you know, but, they, I'm they, gonna... but they're, it's also so different from the comic that I think you could, you know what I mean? You wouldn't spoil a lot of either by reading right. or watching. Right, right, right. No, I mean, you know, they, they gender swap Stormfront, but kept the same 
this, the, the same story because Stormfront in the comics is a is a, a man um, from you know the Third Reich, and they kept that same story but made Stormfront a woman in the show, and I think it still worked out really well. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a, a powerful a powerful story too. It, it's interesting, you know, how I felt when I realized that Stormfront was basically a white supremacist and successfully kind of bringing white supremacy back to modern times and so so easily white genocide yeah right and then and then her twisting of it all when she was talking to ryan about how yeah i mean just yeah really just brilliant writing yeah and so how about that ending right there was a big reveal at the mind end. blowing. I keep on saying <laughs> mind, it's mind blowing. Mind blowing <laughs> Literally. 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 Well, I mean, if let's go back real quick. There was the Senate hearing or whatever where people's oh, heads Vogelbaum? just started exploding. Mm-hmm. And nobody knew who was doing it or why or whatever. And what the heck? There are soups in there. What's Homelander and Stormfront just standing there looking around? Yeah. Why aren't that's, they that's the kind of stuff that drives me crazy about this show? Let me let me just do that real quick. Why aren't they doing something? Like, how does nobody have a problem with the fact that they're standing around and look just going huh well well ashley ashley did ashley did have a line or i think it was ashley that like do something yeah exactly she like yelled at them to do something but i mean how does that not get out to the public like that right this kind of like that should have been like this probably took place on c-span right (laughs) oh it it did watches (laughs) c-span but it uh, did go on c-span and it, it was funny it gets recorded it gets on youtube like somebody has to see that it's the same way that like, you know, when, when, you know, Maeve, Maeve uses the video to sort of kind of like blackmail Homelander. And, and then it, it's like, well, why doesn't she just release it? If she's willing to, 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 to take one for the team. Right. Then, uh, then just, just do, do it, it already. But then I, but then we see the one episode, the most, to me, the most shocking, one of the most shocking things that occurred uh, and it turned out to just be in his imagination was when Homelander. Uh, oh, was at that rally? Was at the rally, and everybody turned against him, and he just and so he dem- just, psh- just demolished demolish. like everyone. So yeah. that that I keep going back to that scene as the reason Maeve won't just do it. Right, right? She's because not, she's, she's not like, sure how he'll react. Yeah, she's if she does just do it to 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 you know to expose him then he might just go nuts and kill everybody. Right. Whereas if she doesn't, then maybe she can use this as leverage to, to hold him back. You know what I mean? To tone him down because he will do heroic things when it suits him. Yes. So if she can, if she has control, that's, I think that's the way she looks at it. Go ahead. A glass of milk. But see, the one thing that I think is very interesting that, (laughs) that is very true. The one thing that I think, homelander wants more than anything is as we know love right and she used that and i don't even think that it's more so the video that he cares about but i think it's more so the fact that he doesn't because she used the comment i will share this video and no one will love you yeah yeah she did that and i purpose. think that yeah. is the one thing that is that is leveraged more than the video he's probably like i don't care about the video go ahead and link it but my fans yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The people that the only people that I know that genuinely love me will not be here anymore. And then who else does he have? It's just him. It's just him. And the glass of milk. Well, and, and the glass the, of milk. And the kid. And the kid. But he doesn't necessarily have the, the. This is true. Right. The kid, you know. 
Well, the kid won't doesn't love him. Right. The kid does not love him. I mean, yep. He's afraid of him, and he'd rather go with Butcher. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, and Butcher gave gave that kid some good advice. <laughs> so <laughs> just don't yeah. be a. <laughs> C-word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he likes that word a lot. He does. He does like that word. Um, oh, you know, I, I got to say, one of my favorite moments in the in the finale was Stormfront's there, and she's like, it's, it looks like she's beating up Starlight and, and Kimiko, right? And I was like, oh, no, what's going to happen? And then you hear, hey, Kraut! And then <laughs> Maeve comes in and gives her a, yeah. a haymaker, and then they start just beating up on her. Yeah, Love and then that. the guys are just like, what the <laughs> like, name is going okay. on? <laughs> but girls Kimiko, get it done. Girls do get it done. But Kimiko just laughing. She's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I appreciated that. She She's had a little redemption moment. Yeah. And she doesn't say anything. I'm like, this girl's getting paid so much money to just. <laughs> yeah. You know, I respect it. She's a great character, <laughs> though. So yeah, the big reveal after after the Senate hearings with all the exploding heads. We get one more exploding head at the end, and it's the leader of the Scientology group, right? Yeah. In the church. Um, I don't even think he got to finish his fresco. No, and we realize who is doing the exploding finally, because that was never revealed, right? And you know what? I just realized we didn't even talk about Lamplighter this whole time, and I do want to Oh, my God. Oh, shoot. That so, was one of the so best we things. Will, we will go back to that, but... Um, but when they revealed who that was, who it is that's been exploding heads the whole time. Go ahead. Well, I, yeah, you want, I can see you chomping at the bit to say something. I never saw that coming. No, me neither. No, no, you can keep going. Literally, my head is just like. Yeah. Your I, mind is blown. I kept asking, like asking the question, like, who is this? Who is doing this? Right. And, 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 you know, the first, the first one we saw was, was Rainer, right? The, the old yeah. CIA handler. Poor Rainer. When she was saying, oh, you know what? I think it's in the yeah. And then to see it happen all during that hearing all the time. And that makes me wonder if she is related somehow to that girl in that um, medical facility. Right. That also has the same power. Yeah. She was um, making people bald? explode too. Yep. Yeah. The yeah, bald one. I think her name what was Cindy. And she was just, you know, making heads explode too. She's loose. Yeah. yeah and she's right. like out in the wild. Mm-hmm. That's um, why I thought it was her. And I think we were meant to. Yeah, I think that was definitely a red herring. Absolutely, because she's loose out there or something. But but Victoria mentions she has a daughter. Yeah, maybe a couple it's of her. times. Maybe it's her. So, but yeah. So and then you wonder. So does that mean she actually is working for Vaught, but just as a second channel, or is she a renegade soup doing her own thing? Doing her own thing against Vaught. And here's Huey innocently thinking that she's just you know a congresswoman that's doing good. I know. And he goes to work for her. It's like, whoa. To the, the part- tune of Billy Joel's You Only the Good Die Young. Yes. But the only part that I'm still confused about is why did she kill the, I can't think of his name. The head of the church? Yeah. Well, I don't know he, if we know yet. I don't what think did we he know say yet. it on the phone? He was like, you know, she said oh, something about know, like the, the documents. We have a lot of documents on Vought. That's right. He was, it sounded like he was somehow blackmailing Vaught for tax exempt status for his church, mm-hmm. um, which also makes it interesting that he's trying to rehabilitate these fallen soups to try and get them into the seven. Right. And he chose A Train over the Deep. Poor Deep. Yeah. 
<laughs> After all that. I'm, I'm watching um, Gossip Girl now, so it's very interesting to watch him in this light. Yeah, oh, that's right. <laughs> that's a totally different so character, that, right? right? <laughs> yeah. Nate Archibald. That's too funny. But uh, yeah, I, I think I think in season three is when we'll find out what her motives are and why uh, why she killed the head of the church. I'm curious to find out like how he's found and what the church does because you figure the church is going to cover it up somehow, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, I, and then you know, I don't know. Season three looks good. I, I heard that Soldier Boy is going to be in season three. Soldier Boy. I, well, I've also heard there's also. Um, Supposedly, Jensen Ackles is playing Soldier Boy. Well, he's supposedly. Yeah, I don't know if it's confirmed who he's playing yet. I don't know it's confirmed, but, but I know that, that he's a, supposedly because he and Kripke are obviously friends and from Supernatural sure. and everything. Right. That he's, you know, uh, Padalecki is going on to be Texas Ranger, um, right? With his uh, <laughs> with his wife, so he's going to do that. So Jensen Ackles needs some work. So. Looks like he's coming to season three, he's so that's going to be awesome. Season three, um, but let's not. I, we do need to to wrap it up as we're getting close to the end here. But I, I can't can't uh, go without mentioning one of the most brilliant casting, as far as I'm concerned. I love this of uh, of Lamplighter, who has the power of fire. Con- right, he can controlling uh, fire, control fire. Was played by uh, Iceman himself from uh, the X Men. Uh, Sean so Ashmore. He, yeah, Sean Ashmore is now <laughs> has played an an ice controlling mutant and a fire control. I mean, I just thought that was genius casting. Oh, I, as as soon as he showed up on the screen as Lamplighter, I'm like, oh, that's perfect. So that's... fun. And his costume when he shows up with his costume, <laughs> with the hood with his little, and the his hood and his little uh, staff staff, and, and they're just looking at him like, <laughs> and they're, what? And they're, la- and they're laughing was at him. So funny. I was like, that because again. It's one of those, it's this show treats this like, like superheroes are real. If somebody walked around like that, like they do in the comics, you'd be like, what are you wearing? <laughs> like, what, right? Like somebody would comment like, excuse me, uh, Superman, your underwear is on the outside. Like no one bothers yeah, to right. let him know. I mean, Lois doesn't even have the, you know, the courage to tell Superman he's wearing his underwear on the wrong side, but. I don't know, but I just think I bet, that I, I, bet, I, I, I love I, that scene. I thought that was hilarious. I bet you'd tell Clark Kent that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just tell Clark Kent wears his clothes appropriately. That's true. And glasses. <laughs> yeah. He wouldn't be caught dead with his underwear on the outside. No. Oh my gosh. Anyway. We so also go ahead. Oh, did, are we going to tell them about Becca? Oh or- yeah. So the, the sad ending, right? Yeah. He spent all that time trying to get to her. I know. I was and he little... was like, you know what? I'm I'm going to do what I can. And, I'm... and then she dies. And the yeah. poor boy, who I think might actually, I feel like is po- more powerful than uh, Homelander. Homelander. That's yeah. what Vought seems to think. I think that's why Giancarlo Esposito, who yes, is awesome Edgar. in everything. Oh, he everything he, everything he right plays. right now he's in two great shows, The Boys and The Mandalorian, the guy. Yeah. And then he was on Breaking Bad as a great Breaking Bad. character. And he was on, and he, he was uh, on Better Call Better Saul. Call Saul. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so good. So good in this too. He's just so like, so great. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, he wants that kid because he might be, that kid might be the only one who could defeat Homelander if need be. So He's they're they're basically trying to find their crypto. It's like we created a god who could kill us all, and right. we we didn't 
manufacture a kill switch. Like we don't know how to, we don't know what to do if this guy decides to, to turn on us. And so that's what this, that's what the son means to Vaught, I think. He's and if you remember with Stormfront and Home, Homelander, he was shooting his laser beams at her and she was enjoying it. Yeah. But with Ryan, it s- s- turned her into oh, yeah. lamplighter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so either Homelander was holding back, which is probably the case, but also Ryan obviously must have uh, at least as much power as Homelander. Um, and you're right, it's a tragic ending. Ryan, out of sheer anguish and fear and uh, and, uh, and anger probably in trying to save his own mother uh, ends up somehow killing her too and you could see i mean carl urban did such a great job of showing that kind of rage yeah after becca died and when he picked up that crowbar i was like oh no yeah i thought he was gonna go for him i thought he was I'm like gonna, oh no <laughs> because he didn't want he would he was gonna leave with with her and leave the kid anyway. He, didn't he, care. he right. He was going to leave. The and kid. now, now will he, will he become the, the father of this kid because of Becca's request, or will he blow it off? I, well, yeah, he gave I think him we'll away. Happen. Well, he and I think he did. I think he gave him away uh, to protect him. Yeah, but I don't necessarily think that he's not done. He's not done with, with that yeah, kid. I mean, he, with he that promised kid. Becca, so yeah, it's coming back at some point. I think so. Mm-hmm. Great show. Oh, what a that great I, show. That I have a hard time you can't recommending <laughs> to people. Just because I know, you know what I mean? Like a lot of people just, it's, it's, it's too much, right? I mean, the show goes too far in some, some situations for, for some people. Like it's just, if you are at all um, squeamish or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Then this is not the show for you. Uh, but it is. And that. It is a very, it is a very well-made and well-written and brilliantly acted on all, by, on all cylinders. Like every yeah, single yeah. person absolutely, is perfectly cast. Yeah. It's movie. really, really one of those TV shows that's just so, so well done. Movie. Yeah. It might as well be. <laughs> um, but it does make you wonder if they put um, Huey's fiance's death so close to the beginning of the first episode on purpose, just to kind of go, um, just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> There's one of these in every episode. Some right. someone explodes. Sometimes many people right. in every episode. <laughs> sure. Yeah. If if you can't handle this, then don't bother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be our show for today. <laughs> we want to thank you guys for tuning in and listening. Uh, I want to thank Utah and Aaliyah for being uh, coming back and spending this time with me. Thanks, guys. Thank you. We are thank very you. excited. We have got a lot of stuff lined up for you. I've been working hard to try to program out into the future what we're going to be talking about and as i mentioned earlier we uh we are going to be having a spectacular streaming service smackdown next week we are basically going to be talking about uh, a lot all these streaming services are coming out of nowhere and everyone was all excited about cutting the cord and saving some money and now we're spending eight times what we spent before on cable to watch all these shows so we're going to talk about what shows are worth the cost what uh what shows aren't <laughs> which streaming services have the shows we're looking for all that kind of fun, fun stuff we're going to try to line them up and see uh see what you guys think we're also going to be welcoming back to the show lou tambone and rich handley they will be here uh on our october 30th 
episode. So that's our Halloween episode. Ooh. And uh, they have a new book coming out called Musing with Monsters, uh, or Musings on Monsters, Observations of Classic Horror. And uh, so we're going to be talking about classic monster movies and who are the best. Uh, we're going to rank them. Uh, each of us is going to have a ranking of the best classic monster monsters and uh, horror monsters. That will be our spooky Halloween episode, and we're giving away a copy of that book. So check out our, our Facebook page, facebook.com slash worldgungeek, and you can uh, see where to enter to win that. All you have to do is like our Facebook and like our Twitter and like all of our stuff. Just like us. Like us please like us. And we can I enter? might give you a book. Can I enter? You can't. You Damn. are ineligible. So... Uh, but you're welcome to go to Amazon.com and pre-order the book. Or, or I've been whatever. trying to find pre-order it. Pre-order it. It's not on there no, yet. No, it's actually trying to find released it. yet. But as soon as it is released, um, you will. Oh, I'm going to order. The winner it. will get a copy, and we are going to draw the winner on that episode, that October 30th episode. So you've got two weeks to enter that contest to win that book for free. Free. So free. follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Subscribe. Subscribe. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast player. We really, really appreciate that you are listening to the show. We love to see those little numbers pop up. We know there are people all over the world, it turns out, actually listening to us ramble on about these things. So we appreciate you. Uh, You're the reason that we're doing it. We do have fun actually just hanging out and talking to each other, but uh, we could do that without recording it if it weren't for you guys. So (laughs) thank you for listening. We appreciate it. We'll see you guys next time. Next time? Necktie? Is we're it necktie? We're gonna have a necktie episode, so everyone wear a necktie next week. And uh, if you're if you're listening to it, you also have to be wearing a necktie. It's our special necktie episode. <laughs> next time on the podcast is real. Thanks, guys. The podcast is real. Is a World Gone Geek production.